a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Great. Thank you. And thank you, Terry, for getting us started with the sense of the wonder of creation. What I'm going to be doing is, is reflecting on how finely tuned, how finely tuned, so the, the sermon this morning, how finely tuned all the details of, of God's creation are. And I'll be uh, asking you to ask me three times, Pastor Mike, how finely tuned is it? Could we practice that for a minute? Could you say, Pastor Mike, how finely tuned is it? Pastor Mike, how finely tuned is it? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to be looking at Psalm 19. And in Psalm 19, the, the first couple of verses speak about the wonder of the creation and that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so we want to look most specifically at the first four verses and just reflect on the wonder of God's creation. We are reflecting on these things because a member of our congregation uh, asked as one of the sermon requests, he filled out the papers and noted down. He knows who he is. He asked, what about the wonder of God's creation and how does that encourage us and, and guide us and strengthen us in our faith? And so we are going to, over this uh, new year too, look at a number of different requests. People gave quite a number of requests. We'll be looking at those sermon request topics tonight too. Someone asked about heaven. What is all involved with heaven? So we're going to look at that. But also, if you have other sermon requests, those are always welcome, and it's always good to reflect together on, on things of, of God's word. Psalm 19, verse 1, declares that God speaks to us through his creation. And that reality is, is something we, we lose sight of. Even 
very nicely how, how Terry put it. You don't notice the air. You don't realize how amazing it is that, that we can just breathe the air and that it, it, it works so perfectly. God's word uh, echoes these words from Psalm 19. I just wanted to uh, share one place. Romans 1 verse 19 says, Since what may be known about God is plain to people because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. So God's eternal power, his invisible qualities, his divine nature are clear to us in the creation. And that's what we want to look at this morning. How does that work? It works as well in the sense that, that uh, I just quote one, uh, one quote, uh, Stephen Hawking. There's going to be a movie on him very recently. He's going to, his whole life as an as a astrophysicist, uh, just an amazing deep thinker. And he has said too, the universe points to God's creating human beings like us. So when you look at the whole thing, it, it comes back to understanding that this is, is finely tuned, is focused on us living here as if the whole universe was made ready for us to live on this earth. So how does God's creation uh, speak that way? How do, does it declare the glory of God? Here we have just a general picture of the starry heavens. And so you have, okay, there it is. For that general sense, that, that sense of wonder, uh, I get it, I'm sure you get it, if, if you are out camping. Uh, we were camping on the north uh, shore of Abraham Lake and, and as it got dark, the fire died down and as the fire died down, the, the, the sky darkened and, and you could just see all the stars. It was clear, it was calm. And, and you are struck with a sense of wonder. That, that sense of wonder, the wonder of God's creation. Absolutely, those kind of things we see, we appreciate, we enter into. But there's more. There's more involved. If I ask you, why such a vast creation? And I have a picture here of... Orion. Do we have Orion? Okay, this could even be it, actually. Is this it? Must be. Okay. The sense of, of a, a galaxy like the Orion Nebula, if you think about just the vastness of the universe, the universe, uh, a, a term that's used is ginormous. It's... it's the stars, the, the galaxies, the planets, it's, it's just, if you look out, if you look with a telescope, if you look uh, deeply into space, it, it just goes on and on and on. They took the Hubble telescope, which uh, orbits in space, and they, they focused it on a, a dark spot in the universe, thinking they might look through to nothing and they, they took a long exposure and they looked in that area where they thought was nothing and, and when the results came back, it was filled again 
with more galaxies and stars and everything. It was just on and on and on. It is so big. It is so vast. It is so ginormous. Why? Why is it so large? One of the things could be, uh, I, I'm sure, is the fact that our God, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. It just gives more and more of a sense of the God we serve is, is just so great and so big. And there's no end to his greatness and no end to his strength. And so that reality for us, but many people say, in contrast, well, it's, it's so big and vast and, and really we don't see God in it. In fact, because it's so big and vast, we think there is no God. And so that's a, a contrasting uh, understanding. Christian scientists and physicists, I'm using the work of, of Hugh Ross. He's a Christian uh, astrophysicist. And they come with a, a clearer understanding of what's going on. Looking at all of the details of the universe, studying carefully all of the aspects that we are able to discern. They recognize a plan, a, a design, a focus, and a detail that's in place. It gets quite technical, but all of the aspects of, of even the vastness of the universe point back to a focus on our galaxy on our earth. There is a sense of, of fine-tuning, a sense of precision, a sense of God at work establishing for his glory this place in the whole universe with purpose and direction. Now let me just give you more understandable examples. He adds things like the size and stability of the sun. Psalm 90, 19 verse 2 says right away that the speaking of the creation is visible day after day. It pours out speech, the sense of the sun every day. The sun is not like other stars. The sun is very specific for life for us here on earth. Anything larger would be too bright. Anything, anything more unstable would destroy life. And so just the reality of the sun, its size, its stability, it's not just ordinary. They've looked all through the solar system and to find a star that is this size, that is this stable, they don't find it. This is God's design, God's plan, God's purpose, that this would be the sun that warms this planet and sustains life here. You notice also in the psalm, it does go on to add things in relation to the sun. It speaks more about it, the sun rising, the sun setting. It makes its circuit. It provides its warmth. It is a witness to God's care, God's providing very finely, very specifically for life here on earth. The next thing it, it mentions, night after night, it displays knowledge. And so when you see the moon, there again, 
It's very specifically its size. Its size is large compared to, to moons that are around other planets. Very important, very necessary for life on this Earth. It also uh, helps to stabilize the rotation of the Earth, the axis of the Earth, so that life can exist here. And you need a moon this size, and you need it this distance from Earth. It can't just be so much bigger, so much smaller, and it can't just be so much closer or so much farther. It has to be right here. It has to be exactly that size. And that is a stable rotation that allows for life on this Earth. I notice it in the, in the winter now as, as the, the rotation, as the axis of the Earth shifts. And as, as it gets darker, our backyard faces north, and so the, the house shadows the backyard. And so as, as we move through the fall, the shadow moves all the way across the deck, across the yard, across the fireplace, across the garden, up to the back fence, and it, it doesn't get any light anymore. And you wonder if that kept going, if the earth just kept rotating, rotating, and we would be in a, in a winter just, yeah it would never stop, it would never start coming back. But it does stop, just exactly where it should, December 21. And then it starts coming back. Oh, that's a lucky break. No, that's God's exact design. That works exactly finally to perfection so that the winter will stop and the summer will come again. And so those kind of details, looked at as a, as a Christian scientist, physicist, Hugh Ross points out that that shows the truth of God's word too. Night after night, the presence of the moon, uh, if we lived on the coast, we would see it in the tides. He also points out very nicely, the moon is actually very dark. It absorbs 93% of the light that hits it so that we can actually see out in the night sky and see the glory of God. Otherwise, we couldn't. If it was really bright, we couldn't see beyond it to see the greatness of God in the universe, as Psalm 19 declares. So all of that, first of all, in terms of the fine-tuning, I want to add just a couple examples more that... Uh, that don't normally strike us, uh, Jupiter and Saturn and Neptune, these planets. Oh, they're nice. They're nice to look at. If you have opportunity, you can sometimes see them on the horizon. If you have a telescope, uh, beautiful, beautiful planets. What are they there for? Well, one of the key things is that they are large, huge gravitational forces in our solar system, and they protect us. They protect the Earth from asteroids, from meteors. Their gravity pulls that in. And, and so the Earth is not hit repeatedly by these objects. You hear fears on the news. They say, too, oh, what about the next asteroid that'll come? It's coming close. If it hits us, we're in big trouble, right? Well, God placed these gas giants further out, in orbit, and they draw in most of those threats to us. And so life is able to continue here because of God's very careful planning and placement of these things. You can also uh, see in terms of the Milky Way galaxy, which we are in, 
we are in a very, very ideal location. Real estate always talks about location, location, location. We are in the very, very, very best. If you had to think where God might possibly put a, a solar system like the sun and the planet Earth, this is it. This is the spot right where we are in one of the arms of the Milky Way galaxy. We are far enough from the center. Uh, no life can exist towards the center. And, and further out, there's other threats. Right where we are, exactly where we are in the Milky Way galaxy is, is perfect. It's, it's, oh, we sure are lucky. No, God has placed exactly his care, his provision, his supporting this life that he has created. So all of those things are, are aspects of the fine-tuning that we need to understand. The actual, one of, one of the actual uh, things that has been done is looking at over 500 different variables that are necessary in, in terms of, of the universe generally, physically, chemically, and also the earth in particular, and, and the sense of, of how detailed, how detailed the actual plan of God so that we can live safely here on earth. And, and those 500 can, can be listed, they are listed, and that each one within 0.01% needs to be exactly the way it is by God's ordaining, so finely tuned so that we would be able to live here on this planet. Very, very, very fine tuning. So, what do you have to ask me? Well, if you took, say, uh, 500 pens, 500 pens, and you joined me, and we went up on the roof of the Flatiron Building, and we all gathered around, and we took the 500 pens, and we threw them down on the main street. Every pen of the 500 would need to land exactly end to end, this way, not tip to tip, tip to end, in one long line. That's all finely tuned. God makes it. And if you had a thousand pens, if you had two thousand pens, if you had ten thousand pens, they would all have to line up exactly for life to exist on this earth. That's how finely tuned. You say, oh no, it's just chaos, just random. Anything would work. No, nothing, nothing would work except that God ordains and sustains all life here. Ask me again. Here is a uh, picture. This is the USS Nimitz. This is the largest aircraft carrier in the United States Navy. It's 1,100 feet. It's 100,000 tons. 3,200 people run this ship and 2,400 run the battle side of it. So 5,600 people run this ship. So this is a small village, town, 
this whole thing has to work very carefully in tune. All the electrical, all the things that, that keep this ship going, everybody has to do their part. Everybody has to work very, very carefully in order to make this an operational and, and battle-ready machine, right? It's hugely complex. And yet, yeah, it does work. And you think, man, that's a, a finely tuned kind of system. Well, if you took this ship and you compared it to the vastness of the universe and how finely tuned it was, and, and down to what detail, what tiny, tiny detail, you would have to get down to, on this huge ship, all the details, you would have to get down to one drop of paint. One drop of paint. If this whole ship had one drop of paint too much, it would collapse totally. Or if it had one drop of paint too few, gone. The universe is so finely tuned for life on this planet. And that can be shown scientifically, just detail after detail after detail. And everything has to match all at the same time. It all has to hold together all at the same time. And God is at work completely in all of that. That's how finely tuned it is. So when we look out at a picture of the universe and we think it's just random chaos when in fact it is God's specific design finely tuned to sustain life here on this planet. And that's God's intent and that's God's work and that's his desire and that any tiny change would make life on this earth impossible. So we need to think of ourselves not as tiny and insignificant. We need to recognize God's work, God's presence, God's sustaining power for us, for this world. That God saw fit to create all things so that we could live here and we could serve him. That is the reality that we see before us. That's what we need to hear the creation speaking to us, that we see in it all that God is doing and that we recognize that. Now, there's one more thing I need to ask you to ask me one more time. Psalm 19 goes on to speak about the wonder of the heavens, but then it speaks about the law of God. You notice how it changes? It speaks about the wonders of the heavens, and then it flows, and you think, wait a minute, this is a different psalm. This is something else. No, it's not something else. If you see the fine-tuning of God in creation to establish the life here, us human beings in his image, then, then to recognize how he continues to work with us and he gives the law and the law is so that we would know and serve and live in obedience before him. But notice 
it says in Psalm 19, it, it, it doesn't shy away from the reality. Verse 12, but who can discern their errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant from sin. We are in danger, not from radiation, not from asteroids, comets, meteors. We are in danger of death from sin. We are all lost in sin. The Bible clearly explains that. That reality is also there. So God, in love for this world that he made, who fine-tuned everything right down to the smallest detail, he comes, he comes in, in one person. I mean, on this earth, there have been many millions of people. And so what difference could one person make? The Bible clearly tells us in, in response to that danger, in response to that, that threat, God finally tuning every detail comes in one person. And he comes at, at one particular time for one particular event. Jesus Christ comes to die on the cross for our sins. That level of detail, that, that one tiny, in, in a huge, vast universe, in all the other things that are going on, in, in all of the things on this earth, in all of its history, in all of the people and nations and languages, that there is one person who did one thing that changed everything like one drop of paint makes all the difference. How could that be? It's the fine-tuning. It's the detail of God's sustaining life. Our life with him. Our relationship to him. Jesus Christ <coughs> coming. And so in relation to the message, we uh, can have the Lord's Supper this morning because, yeah, what is this? What is this in relation to that whole vast universe? This is life. This is where life is saved, is protected. This is God's redeeming work in Jesus Christ. Hear this one verse from Colossians 1, verse 17. In Colossians 1, verse 17, it says, Jesus is before all things, before all of the creation, before anything ever was, Jesus was, and in him all things hold together. In him. Just that one, one man. Yeah, that's, that's too small. That's, that's too tiny. No, no, God has it. Believe, this is what God has done. This is the extent of his love and care for you and me forgiving our sin in his grace again today and calling us to go